Welcome to the Abundant Wellness with Andrea podcast from surviving to thriving in mind, body, and spirit. Hey there, I'm Andrea Jones, registered nurse, functional hormone coach, inner healing and deliverance pastor, and most importantly, wife and mother of two beautiful girls. This podcast is really a conversation about how to discover and walk in an abundant life that God has laid out for us while processing what I call the messy middle, pain and overcoming things in our life that are hard in order to nurture all of the parts of you so that you can walk in abundant wellness in all areas. Um, Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Abundant Wellness with Andrea podcast. We have the privilege of having Miss Melissa Crenshaw on with us today. Melissa is a classical homeopath, certified homeopath, and she um, she works with women and families um, of people of all ages to help them get to better health. And I'm excited to have you on with us today, Melissa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to just get to talk to you and and talk a little bit about what I do and what homeopathy is. Oh, I, I love it. And as you know, if you listen to my episode on Melissa's podcast, I shared a little bit of our you know personal journey with homeopathy, a little bit about my personal journey with homeopathy um, and why it's such a powerful Um, but highly misunderstood tool for our health. And so I would love for you first, you know, to share a little bit about who you are um, and a little bit about your practice, because you have some amazing classes and courses out there for not just women, but families as well. And I would love to highlight those today. Yeah, thank you. So um, I have been a homeopath for over 20 years and I, yes, I'm a certified homeopath. I went, I got certified, uh, like I said, over 20 years ago. And then, but of course I've continued to medication. So then I took another full course just a few years ago, graduated again and, you know, just did more just because I love it. I love to learn. But, um, so I have a lot of experience and it wasn't until 2019 that I took my practice online. Before that, it was all in person. So it was slow going, you know, it was whoever was in my community, you know, that could come to me and do that. Once I took practice online in 2019, it just exploded. I mean, that just opens up the whole world, right? You know, so you can practice. So I've gotten a ton of experience since 2019, a lot more experience. And so, yes, I do consultations and I consult, um, you know, whole families I consult individuals in a family or, you know, just even single people who live on their own. Um, I, I really specialize in women and children's health. Um, but I, I do have men in my clinic and, um, and I, I help all kinds of people with all kinds of different things because homeopathy can help everybody on some level. Right. Right. So, I teach classes and what I love. So the classes that I teach, like you said, I teach families. I I love to teach anybody, but it's usually moms and grandmothers who are in my classes because they're the caretakers usually of the family. So they come and they learn how to use homeopathy and you can come. I have people in my classes that are brand new, just heard of homeopathy last week and people that have been studying homeopathy for years 
you can always learn when you learn from different people. Absolutely. So these classes teach the basics. They teach you how to use homeopathy, what it is, how it works, how to choose potency and frequency. And, you know, frequency meaning how often to take the remedy. Um, and so you, you know, on my website, melissacrenshaw.com is the courses tab. And when you click on that, when you click on start here, you'll just see a, a video of me talking about, because I have a lot of options and people are like, where do, where I, do start? I start? Yeah. 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 So that video can be helpful. Like this is for beginners. This one's not. Okay. I love that. Mm -hmm. No. And that's so helpful because it truly can feel super overwhelming because for many reasons, one, that it is a very, very different form of medicine than what we are collectively used to. Like even, I mean, especially, I would say, especially me being somebody that came from conventional medicine, like I've had to relearn a lot yeah. of different things, especially when it comes to homeopathy. So can you briefly kind of nutshell what homeopathy is. And before we do that, I want to caveat a lot of people use the term homeopathy, homeopathy interchangeably with naturopathic medicine, and they are not the same. Okay. Um, and so I think when you explain what homeopathy is, that will start to make a little bit of sense to the listeners, why that's not the same mm -hmm. as like herbal cough medicine or garlic powder for different ailments. So would you mind explaining a little bit of that to us? Yeah, that's great. So I do have, um, you know, there are a lot of people who say homeopathy and they mean supplements, herbs, vitamins, essential oils, and it's none of those things. Homeopathy is its own system of natural medicine. So made from all of the beautiful things that God gave us, right? And it can be made from things that, that God didn't make, you know, that people made. So we can make homeopathy from man-made things. But the beauty of it is that, you know, it really originated with God's creation. You know, the things that Hahnemann was using to make homeopathy, he was making those remedies from, you know, herbs and plants and trees and leaves and, you know, all the things. So it is its own system of medicine. It is easily attainable. Um, there's lots of stores and, and homeopathic pharmacies that you can buy remedies from. It is, um, it's, there's no danger in it. That's, it's so gentle. There's no, you know, side effects or overdosing or, um, you know, contraindications with, with allopathic medications. And it is, it's a deep, it's a deep acting natural medicine that actually uproots conditions rather than just cover the symptoms of the condition. So allopathic medicine covers the symptoms and helps you feel better, right. but you're not getting to the roots. So then something else has to come up, right? Something else has to be, has, so, so allopathic medicine pushes it back in and homeopathy is like, no, let's, let's make it come out so we can get rid of it. And yeah. when you, when allopathic medicine pushes the pathology back into the, the person's body, then they have to, the, the, this, whatever the body system and the body's natural reaction is, oh, well, I can't come out that way. Let me come out a different way. So then there's a new condition, right? And so then allopathy throws another medicine at it to push it back in there. And homeopathy says, no, 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 let's bring it out. Let's get rid of it forever. And it does that. It's amazing. And, you know, and I, I will just say, I was, I was writing notes on this so I can make sure that we talk about this, but the sooner we can stop palliating our symptoms or stuffing them down or suppressing them, whatever word you want to use for that, 
um, the easier it is for the body to heal. And like, I've, you know, I've even, even observed with my children, like how much quicker they respond to remedies than even I do, um, because there's less crap for them to have to work through than my 38 years of, you know, being on pharmaceutical meds and not taking care of my body. And yes, while I've been doing all of that stuff now, it's still like, they have less layers to have to work through. And, um, one of the ways that I kind of describe or how I understand homeopathy, I guess, as somebody who had to really retrain my brain and how I even think about this is it's um, stimulating the body's own ability to heal. Is that how you would describe that? Yeah. Versus just managing symptoms or suppressing symptoms um, or, you know, just palliating through symptoms. We really want to get to that healing. And, And it is very different because it does bring up old stuff sometimes. Like I remember when, um, my youngest daughter first started, got started working with a homeopath for some digestive issues that we just could not like, didn't matter, you know, what probiotics we tried, could not get a handle on it. And one of the very first things that came up, she got a massive, like uh, blistery rash where she had actually gotten her vaccines. And it was like just that one thigh, all of this stuff came out. And I was like, no way. Like this circular pattern. That was the only place she had it. And I was like, thank you, God, for bringing this up to the surface, allowing her body to heal, because that was for us. um, It was a big trigger for her. She stopped sleeping through the night. She had diarrhea for five years after that one, that one vaccine. And so Um, you know, I'm not saying that that's a blanket statement for everybody, but I'm just saying for us, that was one of the things. And so not being afraid at what comes up and out of the body in that healing process, because as I've worked with women, um, it's almost this fear, right. Or this belief that negative symptoms are negative when really they're neutral, right. They're informative. And Mm -hmm. so at least for me now, when people say, Hey, I'm having this symptom and oh my gosh, I had the worst day ever. Okay. Tell me about that because it's informative. It's informing you as the practitioner about what's going on in the body. So for women that you see, cause you do work with women and families, but specifically, Mm -hmm. you know, we're talking, we're talking about women and women are, you know, we are the gatekeepers in our home, but we're also kind of the nervous system of our family in a lot of different ways. So what are some of the main like complaints that you see women coming to you with, um, whether they're hormonally, you know, whether you would categorize them as hormone related or not? Yeah. So hormone and gut issues are the two main major issues. And so both of those can cause mental disturbances. So we have this trio, this hormone, gut, mental. So whether she's angry irritable or sad, depressed, whatever the mental issue is that, that, that comes up from the gut and or hormonal issues and the gut, the the gut health can contribute to imbalanced hormones and vice versa. So they just, they just go together and, and the mental piece is pretty much always there. So we, I, I really, those three things are the major part of my women's practice. Absolutely. And what I find so fascinating, that makes a lot of sense because it parallels 
mind as well, like what we see. And it's why when women say, oh, my periods are totally normal, I start digging and I'm like, okay, but how's your digestion? Do you have bloating? Do you have diarrhea? Do you have food allergies? Do you have mood shifts? Are you sleeping well before your cycle? Are you, when you're irritable, do you feel like you want to climb out of your skin or do you feel like you want to hide under a a pile of blankets? Because that will actually tell you as the homeopath, the cue, it's the cue for the remedy, right? So um, those little distinctions, or even I've noticed for myself, like, uh, maybe I don't have, you know, bloating when I eat dairy, but maybe I get a little bit of a, like a rash on my forearm, but it's mm-hmm. only on the right side. Right. So then now we're in the right sided remedy right. <laughs> and yeah. we're, we're trying to find like those distinctive things that actually can make a really, really big difference yeah. in identifying your next step for the client. And so it's never just, it's never just the one thing that you're looking at. You're looking at the whole picture. Do you find that that's frustrating for clients or do you find that like it takes some time for them to kind of get comfortable with that process of looking at the totality versus the one? I think it can easily get frustrating. Um, So there's a lot of education that goes into helping clients. It's not just, it's not just you tell me your, oh, you have um, high estrogen. Oh, well, here's the remedy for high estrogen. No, just like you said, there's all the things that I need to know. So women especially like to be heard. Mm -hmm. So we we like to talk. So that's a, a nice, actually a nice process in the in the initial and the follow-up consultations that that they get to talk. And I love to listen. And I'm I feel like I'm a good listener. So they um, you know, they get to tell their story, and then I get to ask some more specific questions, and then I decide on a remedy plan. But then there's the education of okay, now what to expect. Yes, yeah, so what to expect can be two steps forward, one step back. It can be, um, you might feel so much better this period. And then you're like, oh, this is amazing. And then the next period is not so good. So then I always kind of kind of um, prepare them for that two steps forward, one step back. So when you take that one step back, don't let it discourage you. Don't get upset. Right. It's part of the process. You didn't get this way overnight. You're not going to get healed, you know, uh, that fast either. And so, um it takes time. So people, when they don't feel good, they get frustrated because they want, I, I say this all the time in classes, you cannot rush homeopathy, right? So you need to go into working with a homeopath with patience and knowing I'm here for the long haul. I'm going to hang in there and I'm going to do this because people jump from homeopath to homeopath because they don't see fast results. Right. And it's sad. It's sad. You got to be patient. You do. And I think that was one of the most challenging things for me to unlearn. And, and part of it was actually realizing that a lot of my, um, what was informing my decisions was actually fear. And specifically in regards to, you know, we have a daughter with pandas. And so that's obviously a very highly complex medical condition that, you know, it's uncomfortable. It's really hard to watch your child struggle that way. And so you're wanting to correct all of these symptoms all at once, but we're looking at really starting to look at those as like, these are the body, the body's best way of compensating for something very negative that's happening in the body. Right. And so it's doing that intentionally 
to inform us of how we can actually help the body move forward. And so we can't be, we cannot rush the process. We can't. And even, you know, for myself, I've actually, um, in, you know, in working with homeopathy for my own stuff, like I've had little flares of things come up and Mm -hmm. instead of being afraid, because I know like, okay, this is the body actually giving me information. Like maybe this was really deeply suppressed, um, susceptibility that just never presented itself. Right. So we have Mm -hmm. to get the fear out of it. And I, this is one of the things that I also teach my hormone clients, like just look at it objectively. It's just information. Yes. It's uncomfortable. Nobody wants to have anxiety before their period. Nobody wants to have insomnia. Nobody likes hot flashes or rage. Like that's a given, right? But the more they, the more they become really good observers of their own, you know, their own internal state, the easier it becomes to actually help them. Right. Um, so what are some, um, and I don't know if you've experienced that too, but I would say that's probably the driving force why people do jump from homeopath to homeopath. It becomes, they're afraid that they're not going to get to where they want to go. Exactly. Because usually they, uh, most people come to homeopathy last. They've Mm -hmm. tried everything else. They've tried all, all these other, you know, regular medicine and all the other things. And then they find homeopathy and they're like, this has to be, this has to be my answer. But also they're at the end of their rope and they're like, you're my last stop. And I'm like, oh, okay. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) But but they're, they're tired. They're done. And yeah. And so then fear creeps in and hopelessness. I'm never going to get better. So yeah, it definitely, fear definitely plays a role. Absolutely. And I think too, it's at least, I think our roles are very similar. I get a lot of women as that are, I'm their last resort as well. And it's a lot of that, like we're rebuilding trust, right? But not just trust with us. Really, I feel like so much of the work that we're doing is actually rebuilding trust with themselves because so much of that has been stripped away by just the medical system, you know, taking away some of that stuff. So what would you say, maybe we'll make this like a little bit of a game. So let's say somebody is PMSing before their period. They're really moody, but they're weepy and sad. Like what Mm -hmm. is the remedy that you would recommend for somebody? I know I'm totally throwing you in the fire here for a second, but but these are common, like these are really common, like, um, common maladies, common, Mm -hmm. you know, symptom profiles. So, um, what is the remedy if I'm like, you know, Melissa, I was doing really good. And then three days before my period, I just couldn't stop crying. I felt like I was weepy about everything. You know, it's really gray outside and that made me feel worse. Like what would the remedy be for that? That sounds like pulsatilla. And so pulsatilla would probably be my first choice. And, you know, and then as we dig deeper, it could be something else, but yeah, that's a good a good analogy or, or yeah, description of pulsatilla. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then, and the other thing too, is one of the questions I like to ask is do you, when you're feeling that way, do you want to be alone or do you crave comfort? Because yeah. that would be, if, if I was craving to be alone, would that change the remedy to something else? Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe, so, you know, okay. when, when you look at the materia medica, it's huge. And so, you know, and there's a lot of remedies in here, but, you know, pulsatilla has a lot of different symptoms in it. 
And so does sepia and like a podium and, um, you know, all the remedies. And so we don't have to match a remedy 100%. It's what's, what matches the most closely. Yes. So if she has, you know, 10 pulsatilla symptoms and eight sepia symptoms, I'll go with pulsatilla first. Yeah. See how she you does. Know, even, yeah. Even if there are some of those sepia symptoms, if she has more pulsatilla symptoms, I'll go with that first. Okay. Awesome. No. And I think that's, that's good because and one of the reasons why I would really highly encourage you to, if you're listening to take one of Melissa's classes, because if you go to the store, right, or even online um, and you're like, I feel like punching somebody in the face before my period, I feel very ragey. I, you know, like it's going to give you one remedy, right. For yeah. that specific thing, maybe staphysagria or something like that. Then you go to whole foods and you're like, okay, I'm going to find staphysagria. And you look on the little thing and it says something total. It's like for, you don't even remember what it says on the little tube, but it's like phlegm that is green. And you're like, that's not, you know, it's very confusing, which is why I would say go take one of her classes because there are, I don't know, 3000 remedies or something more. Yeah. There's over 6,000. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was way off. So, um, and, and so working with somebody to really be able to fine tune those nuances can be really helpful. Um, what would you say are the most common remedies that you use when you're looking at specific hormone patterns? So let's say heavy periods and cramping. Is there one that comes to mind? Yeah. So I love a combination of Sabina and Arnica, low potency. So like a Sabina 3C or 6C and an Arnica 3C or 6C and take them both at the same time, only as needed. So I would start with as needed, you know, during the heavy, painful period. But then you it might be that the person needs just to go ahead and take it twice per day all throughout the month and to to actually prevent that from happening. But I usually just start with as needed. And if it works really fast, then I just stick with as needed. Okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. What about, um, I'm, I'm kind of just spitballing common complaints. Yeah. So like, what about, and again, for the listeners, remember that there are a lot of nuances to this, right? Because somebody who has menstrual migraines and hot flashes that only happen at nighttime or three o'clock in the morning, that might inform a different remedy. So we're not getting super specific in that, but let's say somebody who has breast tenderness and headaches, what would be kind of your go-to for, for that? as an acute, um, acutely. So sepia, you know, sepia could still be a great acute low potency for acute. Um, I go a little, maybe go a little bit higher, not too high, um, for chronic. So if you have, if you've had, um, monthly migraines every single month, then that's a chronic condition. So you can then take sepia every day or a couple times a week, low potency throughout the month. And you can actually then uproot that tendency to get those migraines because you bring that balance hormones. Um, But sepia can also work beautifully for acute. Um, I love belladonna for headaches. Yes. You know, it's belladonna has that throbbing headache. So again, the headache, you know, what kind of headache, what does it feel like? Which side? Things, but those are a couple of good ones. Those are really good and yeah, and, and very informative and very helpful. Um, and I know that we're, you know, we're wrapping up on time here, but what would you say just kind of tying this in as a class, you know, as a homeopath, what is the role of 
like nutrition and, you know, is there ever a place for supplementation for people as they're kind of on their journey? I know that like we've had personal conversations about this, but I think sometimes we can pigeonhole ourselves unintentionally for a lot of reasons, right? Um, into feeling like it's one size fits all, or it has to be all this or all that. And then we lose out on the beauty of the numerous things that God brings to heal us. Right. So what would you say, like when you, as the practitioner, you're working with somebody, um, are you also looking at, you know, some of those other pieces that might potentially be contributing to that? Really, really good question. And absolutely, you know, real food, whole food, um, your diet absolutely plays a part. And so, um, so I encourage healthy eating, although I don't give a ton of guidance in that I can, but that's not where my focus is. Um, And then is definitely a place for supplements and that can be okay so let's give give an example of um my daughter actually you know she's if she has very low iron homeopathy is not going to bring that iron up she needs iron supplementation and then homeopathy can help her use the iron, iron. that she's supplementing with right right so when when i'm working with people because i don't have an herbal um, background and I haven't studied supplements enough to to really guide people. When when I see that somebody needs supplements or help with food, I send them to you. Oh, <laughs> well, and vice versa. If I'm like, you know, I've got my handful of like five remedies that I know, like the without question, like I can pinpoint them pretty well. Um, but beyond like taking it beyond that, like it's beyond my scope of practice, right? It's not my area of expertise. Yes, I know it, but not as well as you do. So of course I'm going to defer that to you. And that's the beauty of knowing when it's time to add different pieces to your puzzle and not feel like it has to be one size fits all. And I think that iron is a really good example. I walked through that myself this year where it was like homeopathy is not going to correct that. Um, It is going to, however, help me to utilize it better once it's in my system and potentially start correcting maybe what was contributing to that, depending on whatever remedy we're working through. Right. Um, The other, um, I think about it, I think you explained it really well, but I think about it like um, homeopathy is doing a lot of the heavy lifting right on a physiologic level. But Mm -hmm. if we have maybe, let's say we have some really severe bacterial dysbiosis or, um, or we have, um, maybe a motility issue in the gut, or we have, um, like iron deficiency. We'll just use that as an example. That's a huge obstacle that homeopathy is going to have to like ram against, right? Because it's that measurable frequency. That's kind of my understanding. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's trying to shift the vital force so that the body can heal itself. Right. So sometimes we have to use other modalities to remove the big obstacles so that homeopathy is not having to do so much work. It's more effective, essentially. That's kind of how I look at it. Do you feel like that's accurate? Yeah, exactly. And I believe you use the word block and that is, that's a thing. So, and then that's my job as a homeopath, as we get into the case, then I I, ha- I need to figure out when nothing's working, what's blocking this case. Yes. So then I get to be detective, which is fun, but you know, you have to, then you have to know or, or figure out what's blocking, what do we do about it? 
And, you know, whether that it could be another remedy that unblocks, but it also and I tell people homeopathy can't fix structural things. So if you have a misalignment in your bones, homeopathy is not going to make your spine line up. Right. It's, it's just not going to do that. So right. it can strengthen bones, but it's not going to, you know, you need body work. Maybe you need massage or chiropractic or, yes. you know, whatever body work you like to do. But I, I'm thankful that we have lots of different different modalities of healing, you know, that God has provided for us to, to use and beautiful um, practitioners who know what they're doing and love him and put him first. And, you know, that we can, we can just support each other's businesses, but also we need each other because there's not one thing that gets it all done. Right. Exactly. And, and I think, yeah. And I think a big part of that is a huge part of the reason of why we do what we do is really, we want people to have hope that their body can heal, right? Yeah. Hope that they're not going to be stuck forever. And, and it's why it's, it's a free, you know, come to me freely. I'm going to release you freely when it's time, because I know that I don't know everything. I am not the expert at everything. I'm the expert at some things. And so mm-hmm. when the time comes, I want to be able to release them to the next person um, you know, just like you said, because we want them to be able to continue that journey of hope. So I, I feel like we need to do a part two. So I will message you about that when we're done. Um, but I just want to thank you for your time today, Melissa. Would you mind sharing with people really quickly how they can find you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, and so melissacrenshaw.com has everything you need to know. There's every class, how to do a consult. Even my phone number is on there. My email address is on there. And, um, you know, my Facebook and all my socials, every, you know, YouTube, I have a YouTube channel. I have a podcast. Everything is on my, um, my, my website, a blog. You can find everything there. MelissaCrenshaw.com. Amazing. Well, thank you again for your time. If you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, that you know, she's somebody that I need to consult with with for my children or for yourself, please do not hesitate to reach out to her. Take a listen to her podcast. You can binge listen to all of her episodes. So informative. Thank you so much for the work that you do, Melissa. And um, thank you again for being on with me today. Thank you. Bye. Bye.